Welcome one, welcome all to the Simple Politics Podcast. I'm your host and political cookie, Kobe Omanaka. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host and political bakeries in Charlotte and Diane. How are you guys doing? Do you guys have a sweet tooth? Oh, yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, bakery is brilliant. I love that adjective, kind of, if it yeah. is an adjective in the way you've used it, probably. Um and and I have been baking muffins this morning. Tatna will love this bit because oh, wow. it's always about Already? the humdrum of my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's not humdrum. This is this is beautiful insight. Yeah. Not humdrum. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. With blueberries picked from Exmoor. There you go. So all, oh, wow. all oh, my good. Goodness. <laughs> Hold on. Did wow. you handpick them or are they? Yes. It's, it's a pick your own oh, place. You know when you get the pick your own straws and pick your own. Yes. Yeah. Pick your own blueberry one. Amazing. Wow. I've, I've never done that. I did a lot of traveling and that's what a lot of people do is they go to Australia and pick strawberries and I've never even picked one uh, fruit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, stolen an apple from a tree, that kind of thing. No. No. <laughs> oh, Kobe. No. I'm missing out. Sheltered life. Dad's life is just so idyllic, though. Like <laughs> it is, yeah. You know, it's it's. We're recording this at 10, 10 a.m. Like I've kind of rolled out of bed, made myself some cereal. That's the most I've managed to do. Some instant coffee. Diane's been like baking muffins from her with her handpicked blueberries, and I'm just like, oh. oh no, the rest of it's a shambles. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, so once from ten a.m. onwards, mm. it's a shambles in your life. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, what about yourself, uh, Charlotte? How you been doing? Good. Shambolic. Yeah. <laughs> Shambolic, yeah. Con- constantly, for me, doing okay. If we're comparing me to Diane, terribly. I'm just <laughs> bumbling through life. Oh, no. With my oh. processed foods in the microwave. No freshly baked muffins. I'm going to um, post one to you. That's yeah. it. They're all going. <laughs> so we... Uh, looking forward, guys. We've on the on the Simple Politics feed. We're talking about the live show. We're talking about the new book, Politics for Better. But do do focus on the live show, fifteenth of September in London, where we're going to meet myself and the rest of the shambolic people here. Um, <laughs> maybe there'll be baked goods. I'm not promising that. Uh, Diane's not promising that she'll go to the to the blueberry patch beforehand and cook some muffins for every single person that turns up. I don't think that's the thing she's promising. <laughs> I'm merely suggesting that. I don't think that will happen. But hey, if you don't go, if you don't turn up, you will never know. So get to um, kingsplace.co.uk, which is which is where the the live show will be as part of London, which is where the live show will be as part of London Podcast Festival. Go to kingsplace.co.uk. We are on the 15th of September, which is a Friday night, uh, quite early on in the evening. And it'd be great to see all you guys, all the, all the faces, all the smiling faces, and you get to ask a load of questions of us. Uh, and Tatton, who's not here today, obviously. And it'd be great to see you all, I think. Is that right, Charlotte? Diane? Yeah. I'm I'm very excited to see everyone. I'm very excited to meet you, Kobe. Because yeah. I've only ever seen you in screen form. It'll it's be nice to see form. you in 2D. No, actually, no, no, for you guys coming. 2D, to 3D. The in 3D, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it would be amazing if we turned up and you were just like an actual cartoon, just kind of walking around. <laughs> But <laughs> just projection. Yeah. yeah. Hologram. That'd be awesome. As a final pin in this, even though we may mention again in this podcast episode, 
do come and see us live. It'll be great to see you all. But let's head to the first part of the podcast main proper, uh, which is the top post of this week. So what do we have? Um, what, were the, what were the most popular posts this week? Diane. Okay, we'll start in reverse order. So in at three, as we normally do things. Um, and this was about the Home Secretary, um, Suella Braverman, for those who have forgotten who our Home Secretary is over summer. Um, and she uh, was talking about policing in England and Wales. And it seems like a really kind of obvious thing to say but she popped up to remind the police that every crime is important right and somewhere listed she even said you know shoplifting mobile phone theft car theft she wants the police to be more visible around these what what I guess people might deem as minor crimes. She said there isn't a minor crime. All crime is a crime, which is it mm-hmm. kind of echoes of a little bit of Margaret Thatcher in there. A crime is a crime is a crime. But, you know, that's, that's what she was saying. Police need to get to everything if they possibly can. Everything is worth pursuing. And... She's also super, super keen that by March next year, they start to publish the data for how quickly they're responding to the 101 non-emergency number. So Mm -hmm. we all know it's 999, obviously, for the really big staff, but the 101, how quickly are the police responding to that? And in theory, that's makes sense to a lot of people, to a lot of victims. If your house has been burgled and you don't see an officer turn up or take a statement mm-hmm. or pursue it, that, that makes complete, complete sense. But we had a response from, it's the National Police Chiefs Council to that letter, which basically also says, all well and good, we take all that on board, but we're really stretched. You know, yeah. um, we haven't got the officers that we had you know, 10 years ago, even with the recruitment that has claimed to be done, crime is up and crime has changed. The nature of it has also changed a little bit. So what they said is, that's great. Um, That's kind of, you know, what you would aim for, but they need to have operational independence. They need to be the ones that decide where they're prioritizing because they know what they've got to play with basically and essentially so that was the post and lots of responses kind of in a lot of directions I feel like this post didn't have one core response from people it generated quite a lot of things people talking about their own experience of crime um, and their own experience of response times what do we have at number two Charlotte So number two, we are talking about uh, energy prices. So Mm. the um, energy regulator has put out their new energy price cap. This currently happens every three months. And so it was on average £2,074 a year, and that's going to drop to £1,923 per year for the average household. So that's important. This is just England, Wales and Scotland um, it's the price cap from the 1st of October. But what's important is to remember that this price of 1923 that's for the average household. So actually what they do is they say, we're going to put this much per kilowatt hour and this much standing charge, that's the cap. But then this number that gets um, talked about in the media is just what an average household would use. So if you use more energy than that, it will cost more. If you use less energy, then it will cost less, basically. 
So it's starting to come down mm. after, um, obviously, it rose because of uh, the war in Ukraine. So all gas prices went up, slowly starting to come down. But I've I've read that there are some predictions that it kind of won't go back to how things were before until um, possibly the end of the decade. So wow. things will start coming down, <laughs> but it won't be fixed completely no. for quite a long time. So yeah, it, it's it's positive, but we're still yeah. not out. We're still yet. still lots of jumpers and fleeces about this winter. Then, mm-hmm, for sure, it's good that it's coming down, you know, slowly. But we need to. I think when you hear the word cap, mm. a lot of people think do think, and I just reiterating yeah. what you said, Charlotte, because uh, I know people close to me were like, yeah, yeah. open the windows. <laughs> yeah. Have the heating on as high as possible. It's like, no, no, you'll still be paying for the heat you're not using or the electricity you're not using, um, you're, that you're you're wasting, I should say. Um, so do think carefully about how you can use less energy um, mm-hmm. and be more efficient with what you're using because that's the main thing that will help keep those those costs down. The costs yeah. have gone down a bit, but not by much. Mm. Um, so please, exactly. please do, like as uh, Diane said, get the big fluffy jumpers. They might be on yeah. sale now because it's supposed to be summer um yep. so go you know go to go and get your jumpers now before the, they start becoming more expensive yeah uh, and stay warm in, in different ways it's it's also worth saying that this cap um that the price is based on the price of gas the wholesale price of gas which is why mm-hmm. it went up so much because that went up because the war in ukraine and stuff like that so with more renewable energy coming in with different uh, providers offering more renewable which can be cheaper you know we we talk about it might not come back to normal till the end of the decade or whatever but if there's cheaper ways of having gas that's then it will be cheaper than what the cap is yeah if that makes sense Mm. because that's all based on the price of gas which is just much higher so if we use cheaper forms of gas then you might be able to cut your bills but yeah it's it's tough times continue what was the most popular post this week? <laughs> I really know what it is. You're it's, laughing it's, before we even said it. <laughs> no, Which, yeah. yeah, that one. It was the explosive, I'm going to call it explosive, resignation letter <laughs> of the MP from Bedfordshire, Nadine Doris. Um, I mean, she is a writer, isn't she? It, it, you know, on the side. So it was a tour de force in terms of a resignation letter. She called Rishi Sunak's government a zombie government. And it was quite an easy attack to make because Rishi obviously didn't, um, wasn't first choice for leadership. He hasn't been through a general election. So she had some quite easy attacks to make, uh, you know, on him. He has since come out and um, done the most political line ever, which says, I'll read it straight. I'm grateful to Nadine for her service, both as an MP and a minister. I don't think he could have said anything else, you know, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but, but there you go. But very much now the conservatives um, are gathering round who they want to be the um, next MP, so their candidate in that by-election, which Nadine Doris will now have triggered. Um, we don't have a date for that yet, but we, I'm sure we will do once Parliament goes back and we'll get that set. But um, very much that's, that's what he's focused on, kind of like 
Thank you, Nadine. Next, we've got we've got someone ready to take that slot. Um, but it was such a we knew she wasn't going to go quietly after two months. <laughs> you know? I mean, we. I quite like the way she delayed her. No, I love the way she delayed her, res- yeah. her resignation because it gives us two bites at the uh, local election cherry, which we, you know, we we had one before the summer break. It'll be really interesting to see how this one plays out because yeah. there's a big, there's a big. Um, she had a big margin that w- that could be overturned. She's mm-hmm. not many people's favorite person, um, so that could potentially play into it. I'm excited yeah. to I'm excited to see what happens here. It's going to be <laughs> super interesting. Mm. Definitely. I also I also like that she's redefined immediate effect. So <laughs> next time my PhD supervisors ask for some work, I'm going to say yes, I will send it to you with immediate effect and 2 months later I'll send it to them. Yeah. Perfect. So thank you Nadine for that. That's that's great. Yeah. Yeah, cheers Nadine. Oh, yeah. Absolutely redefined time. <laughs> mhm. Okay, let's head over to the second part of the podcast. That's over to you guys as the readers and listeners. Uh, and you guys, you know, if you want to ask questions directly, you should come to the live show. Go to kingsplace.co.uk. Uh, we'll be doing this on a stage on the 15th of September. And you can ask the questions and see our responses and see and our, our panic fear. Faces. Yeah, our fear <laughs> as you ask the questions. At least I'll have the fear because I don't know. I'm a political cookie. <laughs> um, but yeah, this section for you guys. What have we asked this week, Diane? Okay, we've had some really good questions. Uh, you know, as we always do, we've we put questions out for the first time this season, if you like, and we had we had some great ones. And I'm gonna apologize to anyone who did send one in that I haven't used, and we'll roll them over. We'll keep them going for the next couple of weeks. But I've picked this one specifically because Charlotte is tatting this week, pretty much. So we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> I think this is great for her. Um and it's Emmy on Instagram who asks, SP seems to have an American page too. Um, what's going on there at the minute? I've seen lots of news about Trump. So have I, the mugshots, et cetera, that have been in the news in the past few weeks. Um, but she says she's seen very little on Joe Biden. So what is going on in the USA? Yes. Okay. So we do have a US page. Um, Simple Politics US is the name. Very original. You can find it. Uh, Twitter, Facebook. Instagram is the one I couldn't think of. (laughs) And on the day that this comes out, it will be exactly three years since that was launched and I started at SP to get SPUS going. We still do weekly roundups and we cover the big news, but it's all going to ramp up again as we get to the next election, which unbelievably is in 14 months' time. And there's a very simple reason why we've not really heard much about Biden recently. It's because we're looking toward the election and no sitting president has ever been beaten in primaries by their own party. So basically this election is going to kind of be interesting in two parts. So first of all, you've got the primary elections where all the parties vote for who they want to be their candidate for president. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that happens. It starts around February. Mm -hmm. So Biden as the current president, the maximum is two terms. He's finishing his first term. He's said he's going to run again. There are some challenges, um, but quite minor. It's unlikely that he will be beaten in that. Never happened before. So it's going to be Joe again. Again, it's 2023. So yeah, it's most likely going to be him again. Yeah. Unless something else happens in the meantime, 
it's pretty certain it's going to be him. So that's why we haven't heard so much about him, because at the same time, the Republican race to figure out who's going to be their candidate has really started to get going. Mm. Last week, we had the first uh, Republican debate. Trump refused to go. He decided not to go, which was actually very interesting Mm. watching the debate because it meant that all the other candidates, you got to hear from them. Mm. Because the thing is, Trump is highly likely to be the Republican candidate again. He is way ahead in the polls. At first, people thought maybe Ron DeSantis would give him a run for his money, but it's just not happened. So it's highly likely Trump will be the candidate. And is that even, sorry, Charlotte, to ask you another question, is is that going to even be legal? What if he's doing all the... Yes. So this is the thing. So you might have heard, we talked about that mugshot. Uh, Trump is now facing four criminal charges. There is, and I've I've had to take notes so I can remember (laughs) these, he's got 34 counts against him for um, falsifying business records. That was for paying hush money uh, allegedly to Stormy Daniels. He's got 40 criminal charges against him for mishandling of classified material. So he basically took a whole bunch of top secret documents after he left the White House, which is illegal. He's been charged for inciting the Capitol riots. So those those three ones are big. They are federal charges. So that means that the National Department of Justice is charging him. But for me, one of the most interesting ones is what happened last week, which is what we got the mugshot for, which is he's been charged for um, interfering in the Georgia election. Now, this is a state crime. So the state are charging him. A president, basically you can run for president and be a president from jail. There's there's nothing against that. With a, a president can also pardon federal crimes. So those uh, first three big ones, those national crimes, yeah. he can pardon. So basically no one's ever pardoned themselves before, but also no president's also committed, <laughs> you know, been charged and, you know, um, been for a crime before. But technically there's nothing in the constitution to say that if Donald Trump won the election next year, he could get into office and pardon himself of those three federal cases. Wow. If he were also convicted. Yeah. But a president cannot pardon a state crime. Okay. So if he is convicted of this um, Georgia election interference and goes to prison, he can still be president from prison, but he will be in prison. Yeah. And that's what makes the primary um, race now more interesting is because a lot of the candidates know realistically they're not going to win the candidacy because Trump is so far ahead. So a lot of them are now vying for that VP spot. They're basically auditioning to Trump mm. to be chosen as his vice president, which makes it very interesting. And it would make that role particularly interesting because obviously if Trump's in jail, uh, if you're vice president, you're basically going to be running things from the outside. So Trump mm. can still tell you what to do and communicate with you, yeah. but he can't go anywhere. So, yeah, that's why the past week has been particularly interesting because we've had Ron DeSantis uh, again as kind of one of the front runners for um, probably the second in line in, in polls. He is currently the Florida governor, but someone called uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. Mm-hmm. He's a tech entrepreneur. He's only thirty-eight. Uh, no one had really heard about him that much until the debates last week. And then he's kind of surged in the polls. So, yeah, 
that's a lot. I'm sorry, it's very long, but there's a lot oh, so, going so on there, basically. And so different. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, over the next 14 months, especially when we get to early next year, February, we'll be looking at the Republican race. And then around June time, June, July time is when they're confirmed. And that's when it really hits off Biden versus probably Trump. But we will see. Well, we had the, so, yeah. earlier this week, it was announced that the first or one of the trials is going to take place the day before Super Tuesday in, in March, yeah. um, which Trump is not happy about because it well, will restrict his his polling activities. Um, so it, it, it's, it, is, it is lining up to be a, <laughs> the most bizarre yeah. run into any presidential election ever, right? I can't, mm. I can't believe, I can't believe he's still a forerunner with, Eight, so with well, four serious indictments against him. That's this is the thing. It's actually helped him in the polls. Yeah, because his argument has always been that he is, you know, being victimised. You know, he's being blamed for this. He's been, uh, and there's been a witch hunt. Is is you know the words he's used. And now that he's had four major charges brought against him in quite quick succession, it's only been a few months. That cut, it almost provides proof. I'm not saying that these charges are a witch hunt, but if that's been your argument and then you do get all these charges, then it, it kind of seems to solidify that argument. And that's why yeah. he's been using that mugshot to make more money. He raised mm. like $50 million, something like that, last, last in the last week alone based on that mugshot because people who support him are like, yeah, he is being hunted down, you know. So it's it's My. very very interesting yeah um we'll we'll have we'll to do another happens. yeah we'll have to do like you know whenever he thinks the next appropriate slot we have to do another u.s update on here because i think it's yeah it's fascinating yeah please do yeah in the meantime you can follow some politics us and we will bring you these big things um as and when they happen let's head over to the third part which is rishi watch hold on <laughs> no this week it's not rishi we're following the spies are not on Rishi Sunak. The spies are on Michael Gove. What's going on here, Diane? Oh, I mean, yes, Michael Gove. What a character. What, 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 a, good, what, <laughs> what a good one to bring you an update on. Yeah, basically, you know, Rishi's been quiet. He's waiting for Parliament to be back next week. Um, so we haven't seen too much of him. But Michael Gove was on quite a lot of media rounds yesterday. And, you know, he... Whatever you think of Michael Gove, he really passionately defends what he is coming out to talk about. <laughs> so yesterday he came to talk about housing because he's the levelling up minister for those who aren't familiar with him. And we will be seeing a lot of him in autumn because the levelling up bill is still trundling its way through and needs to get through to be to be in law. So there'll be lots about levelling up and lots of Michael Gove coming up. And what he said yesterday um, was he was talking about building new houses because one of the things that, that the topics, the hot topics, if you like, that Labour have talked about, that many people have talked about is the availability of housing, particularly affordable housing um, and social housing. So he said yesterday that he could build or, well, that builders could build a hundred thousand more homes by 2030 by cutting a piece of EU previous EU legislation which is around basically um stuff getting into our rivers and waterways okay and 
that sounds horrendous. Um, what, what he said is that new builds aren't the ones impacting what's going into our rivers. This is this is Michael Goh's take on it. So he said it's a myth to think that our waterways are all completely awful and have deteriorated. And his take is that actually that kind of stuff, the nitrates, the phosphates, the things that shouldn't be in rivers are often coming from things like farming runoffs, from things like that. And he said that rather than put this red tape up for new builds, he will make sure that there's more preventative measures taken elsewhere. That's his take. On the flip side, environmental campaigners have said they really can't believe what Michael Gove is saying. The, the policy director of Greenpeace, Doug Parr, Dr. Doug Parr, he said, who would look at our sewage infested rivers and conclude that what they need is weaker pollution rules? Okay, so that's his take on it. There's also some talk around if that red tape isn't there for the builders, who foots the bill for this preventative stuff? It's probably the taxpayer that it's going to shift back onto. So, yeah, uh, it's a policy that has definitely left some question marks yesterday really has um but a bit like ulez um that came in this week as well there's that whole question of what do we we will all want new homes pretty much nearly everyone can agree we need more affordable housing what do we do to get there i mean wow <laughs> I mean, what, why not Rishi this week? Just to just to head back to that, it's just you just you just fancied what Gove was doing, and you thought you set your spies on him. Yeah, I mean, definitely Gove is Gove is going to be the front and centre for levelling up, and that is a huge deal and bill for the government yeah. this autumn. So it's probably going to be him with more of these policies. Um, mm -hmm. more policies about things like other parts of levelling up will be things like more devolved powers for different regions. You know, but levelling up is huge. It means a lot, doesn't it? It means a lot to different people. And part of that, that, that levelling up, that getting people to a certain minimum level is to provide mm -hmm. more affordable housing. Can I just say... This is the amazingness of Diane, is that what you won't have seen listening to this is that she did that whole explainer whilst battling with her cat <laughs> to try and stop him attacking the microphone. You may have heard it. You may have heard you it. You might have heard it a little, but it was really quite something to behold. Well yeah. done. <laughs> Huge Michael Gove fan, the cat. <laughs> Let's go to the final part of the podcast, which is the crystal ball. What we're going to be talking about next week. Charlotte, you first. Yes. Well, there's one thing that we're going to be talking about a lot next week. And I don't know if you've heard about this. We might have briefly mentioned it at some point. Uh, Tan's got a book coming out called Politics But Has Better. He? And it, he does. Yeah. <laughs> I know. He kept it really quiet. I'm shocked. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, he's just been keeping it under wraps. He's not really mentioned it. He's just so humble. He is actually really humble. That wasn't a joke. Sorry, Tatton, if you're listening to this. But that book is finally actually coming out on Thursday. And I'm very excited because I'm going to the official book launch. Um, but Diane was also invited. She just can't come. Like, this wasn't, yeah. Um, and, <laughs> uh, in Whitstable, it's local bookstore. I'm taking my dad. We're going to have a trip to the seaside. He's very excited. 
So yeah, it's it's going to be great to finally see it out there. And if you want a copy, you can pre-order still, or you can pop into your local bookstore or go to Amazon or wherever and buy it, not pre-order, buy it straight away mm. on the 7th of September. So that's politics, but better in the book. Um, yes. So where is the book launch? What time is it? And what date is it? Can people, can other people turn up? Uh, no, sh- uh, Diane can't I'm, make it. I can't make it. But can other people, if they're in the local area, if they're interested, do so? It's at Harbour Books, which is his local bookstore, which um, if you pre-order through there, oh, I don't think you can sign it anymore, actually. Basically, you can pre-order through his local bookstore, Harbour Books in Whitstable, which is where we'll be next week. Yeah. So, so I guess ring yeah. ring Harbour Bookstore in the midst of the ball and see if there's any availability, if there's any space. I'm sure it's standing room only at this point uh, for the official book launch. Uh, if not, then do order it online. Politics but better. Amazon, Blackwell, any other bookstore in the entire world. Uh, it's also on Audible, I think. Yeah. Chatton did the voice yes. for it as and well. And there's so going to can... be an ebook. Yeah, and so, ebook. So you'll be able to get it down to your Kindle, and other ebook uh, readers are available. So, yeah, guys, Politics for Better uh, is available next week on the 7th of September, and the week after that, and the day on the 15th of September, I did maths there, Rishi, you listening? Um, <laughs> it will be our live show, kingsplace.co.uk. When you get there, just search for Simple Politics, and uh, you know the page will pop up. Get your tickets, we'll see you there. Get your questions ready. And cannot wait to meet a whole bunch of you guys. Yeah, I think that's it for now, isn't it? Yeah, that's perfect. Properly back to normal with Parliament next week. And um, yeah, yeah, we can't, we can't, we. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Toby. Bye, bye. just heard a stripped media production. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.